break every yoke. I want to encourage you to jump on board and join with us in fasting and prayer coming up in February or in, on the 20th. And um, God's going to do some things. I haven't forgot you, Brother Calvin. I'll get you. I haven't forgot about you. I'll get you. Genesis chapter number 15. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. He said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? So he asked God a question. This is what the Lord tells him. And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Now, before I read any further, this is a classic example of what the Lord will many times do to us. We will ask the Lord a question, and his response doesn't answer our question. Anybody ever had that happen? And you're thinking, Lord, that's not what I needed. Like we know what he should tell us, but we're asking him anyway. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against the other. The birds divided he not. When the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. When the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. <clears throat> and also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward they shall, shall they come out with great substance. Thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, and they, thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, and the iniquity of the Amorite, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. I'm going to preach this morning from this title. We've got to protect those pieces. We've got to protect those pieces. This will make a little bit more sense in a few moments. Praise God. If you have never experienced the power of God in your life, with the evidence, or if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that is what God wants to do for you this morning. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, you, need, you must be baptized. I, I encourage you, if you're seeking after God, and if you'll obey His Word, you'll feel a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost of, on your life this morning. God wants to do it today. Praise God. How many are going to preach with me for the next few moments? Praise God. Why don't we put our Bibles down and let's ask the Lord one more time to help us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your spirit that we feel so strongly today. 
Lord, I pray that your spirit would do a powerful work in this house this morning. Save the sinner. Deliver the captive. Lord, renew our consecration unto you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that your spirit would move mightily amongst us in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise right now. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. We've got to protect those pieces. There's uh, quite a bit that takes place in the 15th chapter of the book of Genesis. And at this point in history, God is, is in the process of establishing his covenant with Abram. Living for God and following after God is just that. It is a process. Everything is not accomplished in one day, one week, one month, even one year. But in order for me to be what God has intended for me to be, in order for me to benefit from the Word of God, I've got to be willing to give God my time. If I'm not willing to give God my time, I will never be anything uh, according to His Word. I, I, if I don't give God the time to work on me, but merely an, uh, merely an encounter here or there, but walk away from that encounter and live however I want to live uh, and then declare that the Word of God doesn't work. No, the Word of God does work. I just the only, way it, the only way it works is if I sell out 100% to God's way and to God's Word. I can't, I can't give it 50% and expect the 100% results. But if I, if I completely abandon everything and I'm willing to follow after Jesus, that's when the Lord will bless me. That's when I can reap the benefits of what His Word says I can have. And Abram, in this particular passage, he's right in the middle of the process of, of God confirming His Word and His making covenant with Him, covenant relationship. Um. That's what God desired from the very beginning. He wanted covenant relationship with his people. God is talking to Abram. And there's a little conversation happening between them. And um, he asked the Lord, and, 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 and the Lord is telling him in this passage, he's saying, I'm, I'm going to uh, uh, I'm gonna make your uh, uh, descendants as the stars of the heavens. I'm going to make a nation out of you. You're going to be the father of many nations. It's all going to be traced back to you. And, and he's trying to wrap his head around this. He's trying to figure this out. And so the, it, it, trying to mechanically, or trying to figure out how this is going to mechanically happen, he asks the Lord a question in, in uh, 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 verse number 8. It says, and he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it. How am I going to know that this is taking place? Like, what am I? What, what am I going to physically see? How is this going to come into being? He's he's just wanting a little insight from the Lord because what God is telling him is so far beyond 
what his brain can really is just he he, uh, he said he's saying he's saying Lord I, I don't see how this is going to happen how am I going to know and the answer that he gets from the Lord is not an explanation. He doesn't talk to him the same way maybe that he was expecting him to talk back to him. But the response from the Lord is, I want you to make a sacrifice to me. So he does as the Lord commanded. The Bible says that he took the heifer and the the goat and the ram and the turtle dove the young pigeon, and he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst. He cut them in half, laid them together. The Bible says that a deep sleep fell upon him. And I'll get ahead in the text, and then I'll, and then I'll move back in just a moment. But the Bible says that the and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he began in his, in his dream, and the Lord began to tell him, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. He's giving him an insight into the 430 years of slavery that the children of Israel would go through in the land of Egypt. That the Egyptians would take them captive and for 430 years they would cause them to build their treasure cities and they would afflict them. But it's interesting the way that he talked to him was, was in a dream. And as, as this dream happens, it wasn't just something that, that he dreamed. But the Bible says, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. What that, what that means is the Lord allowed the dream that he had to be so real that he could feel the emotion and the oppression and the pain and the loneliness and, and the feeling of being forsaken by God. He, he allowed him to feel those feelings of, um, uh, uh, of what it would be like. He, for, 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 uh, for a time being in that dream, he felt the emotion of Egypt. He felt the emotion uh, of the loneliness and the hopelessness and the helplessness. This is how God was talking to Abraham. He may have, in the course of conversation, thought that the Lord was going to explain to him how that uh, the nation would be birthed and how it would be born because, as we understand it, he explains to them that, that, that just a few souls would be taken captive in the land of Egypt, in the land of Goshen, and then uh, 430 years later, just a few folks would turn into 3 million people and then they would exit the land of Egypt and they would effectively be a nation that God had birthed, birthing them out of adversity, that they would be birthed out of slavery and out of hardness. They would come out strong and they would come out wealthy. It was the plan of God. And this is a much many years before all this would take place, but God is communicating this to Abram because Abram wants to know how is this all going to happen. So God says, okay, I'm going to show you. It's not going to be a pretty picture. 
I'm going to let you feel the emotion of those 430 years in Egypt. But what, 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 is, what we've got to take from this text here this morning is the voice of God that is speaking to Abram. Everybody wants to hear. Who, who, who here, you could say, I, I would love to hear the voice of God in my life. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's all of us. We want to hear God talking to us. There are situations in your life right now that you're trying to figure out, God, how are you going to do this? Okay, you, you may have a promise from God or, or, or you may have had desires to see, Lord, uh, your word says this can happen in my life, but you, you can't connect the dots of how God's going to do it. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this. And, and Abram is in the same situation. He's... Uh, He's, uh, the Lord has promised him some things. Some things are going to happen. He begins to ask the Lord, Lord, how are you going to do it? And the first thing the Lord responds to him is says, I want you to sacrifice to me. He doesn't give him the answer immediately. But in order for him to receive his answer, there was going to have to be a sacrifice that was made unto the Lord. The Bible tells us it goes from one scripture to the next and tells us that Abram o- o- obeyed the commandment of God. If we're going to hear the voice of God, take this this morning. There's got to be that within us that will simply obey what God is telling us to do. He didn't argue with God. He didn't complain to God. God said, this is what I want you to do. And the next thing we see Abram doing is putting together the sacrifice that God commanded him to do. You can look at the story of Abram uh, uh, from chapter to chapter and, and God time and time again will, uh, uh, will command Abram to do something. And Abraham, doesn't, he doesn't fight with God. He just does what the Lord commands him to do. There, there's got to be that element within us that says, God, whatever you require me to do, whatever you tell me to do, I will do it and I won't fuss with you. I won't fight with you. I won't argue with you. I'll just simply be obedient to what you want me to do do but there's an unseen element embedded within this passage this morning that that the Lord wants to bring to our attention the Bible tells us that after all of this is said and done that that a, a, a burning lamp and a smoking furnace passed between those pieces what that is referring to those pieces that a a, a, a burning lamp and a smoking furnace passed through are the pieces of the sacrifice, those animals that he had taken and cut them in half. An entire cow, a heifer, and, and a goat, and a, and a sheep, and a, and a pigeon, and a turtle dove. And the three larger animals, he cut them in half and laid them together. It was a very bloody sacrifice. Even though Abram was wealthy, back in those days when you sacrificed a heifer and a sheep and a goat, no matter how wealthy you were, that cost you something. That was a lot of wealth. But he does what the Lord commanded him to do. And he gives the sacrifice unto the Lord. But but watch this scripture that is embedded in, in verse number 11. It says, and when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. There is that space of time 
between when he divided the sacrifice and laid it there together. There is a space of time between when he did what the Lord told him to do and when the Lord began to talk to him that night. There was a space of time where the fowls of the air sensed in their nostrils a sacrifice. Come to tell you that the, it's not just God that is attracted to sacrifice. God isn't the only one that sees when a child of God is giving something to him. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God's not the only one that senses and smells the smell of a sacrifice. But the fowls of the air are going to sense your sacrifice. I'll tell you what the fowls of the air are in Scripture. They are demonic spirits that come to steal the sacrifice. We are living in a day and an age right now where we have got to do everything we can to preserve the pieces of the sacrifice that God has commanded us to do. If we're going to hear the voice of God, we will not hear the voice of God without sacrifice. If we're going to hear the direction of the Father in our life, we will not do it without it costing me something. I will not hear the direction of God without me giving a sacrifice, but I've come to tell you this morning that while God does receive the sacrifice, there's somebody else waiting. Fowls of the air come to take apart that which you have reserved for the Lord. I'll tell you what Satan is interested in. He's interested in your consecration. He's interested in your commitment. Oh, yeah, it gets the attention of God. Yeah, it, it certainly does. God, God, we cannot be saved without holiness and without consecration. We cannot do it. It's against the word of God. But I'll tell you what else it attracts. It attracts other voices in your life. I can tell you right now that when you make up your mind, you're going to pray more and be more consecrated than you've ever been. There's going to be somebody in your life, maybe in your family, maybe somebody you thought was real spiritual be your adversary all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, the devil will use people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a demonic voice will jump in on their shoulder, start whispering in the ear. And before you know, somebody's causing chaos in your life and havoc in your ear. That you're, th you're thinking, why in the world is this coming from you? When, you? when you do what the Lord commands you to do, there will be somebody, somewhere, something that begins to resist you. Something that comes to you and says, if you'll just do, quit doing all this sacrifice, and life will be a little bit easier for you. If you'll quit doing all this consecration and all this commitment, you can go back to life as it was before. And so-and-so won't bother you. It's amazing where the fowls of the air will come out of. Where, yeah, the boogeyman. It'll be, it's amazing whom the enemy will use to start yapping in your ear. And before you know it, you're discouraged. Before you know it, you're, 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 you're finding every reason why not to fast or why not to pray like you should. Why, why not to be holy and consecrated? Why not to dress like you ought to dress? Why not to act like you ought to act? Why, why not to be associated with who you're associated with? There will all be these voices that come out of the air 
all of a sudden they appear. I want to tell you this morning that, that as soon as you begin to consecrate, as soon as you begin to give God what he is asking for, as soon as you begin to simply be obedient in the eyes of God, then you will spend a significant portion of time fending off and fighting off the fowls of the air. But you've got to make up in your mind that whatever I've got to do to preserve the pieces of the sacrifice that I have been commanded to do, if it costs me everything, I will drive them away. Because I've got to hear the voice of God in my life. I've got to hear the direction of the Holy Ghost in my life. I've got to have God telling me where I'm going and what I'm doing. And I've got to have his direction. So he spends time. I don't know how long it was, but it was long enough for the scent of, of those carcasses uh, uh, to, to ascend into the air. And maybe while he was butchering those animals, the vultures were, were circling around in their, in their eyes. They could see way down to the ground and they could see the dead carcasses there. And they could smell the aroma of those dead carcasses. And, and as the vultures began to circle, they, they get a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And finally, they get close enough to where they can start taking little bites of that sacrifice and trying to take away from it. But Abram said to himself, no, I've made this sacrifice unto the Lord and nobody's going to get my sacrifice. I'm not going to allow anyone. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking to a group of people this morning that, that I, I want to tell you today that if there's ever a day that we must live holy, that if there's ever a day that we must be consecrated, today is the day to be consecrated. Today is the day to be holy and upright before the Lord. There is great darkness in our society right now. The darkness is getting darker, but let me tell you, those that stay consecrated unto the Lord, the bright light of the people of God is going to shine brightly brighter in our day. Somebody lift your hands and love the Lord right now, can we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's got to be something within us that is so desperate for the voice of God and for his direction that not only will I sacrifice that which is precious to me, but when, when, when voices begin to come, when, when the fowls of the air begin to, uh, to come to gobble up my sacrifice, I'll do whatever I have to fight them off. There's got, there's got to be, you have to have a made up mind to say I'm going to give God my very best. I'm going to give God what he is asking for. And if anyone, I don't care who it is, comes against my sacrifice, I will fight anybody off or any voice out of my life because the most important thing is to know the direction of God in my life. It is, it is, in, it is after he fights off the fowls that God talks to him and gives him insight as to how it's going to happen in his life. And then at the very end, at, 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 in verse number 17, it says, Behold, a smoking furnace, a burning lamp that passed between the pieces. After God was done talking to him, all the while, that sacrifice is just sitting there. All the while, that sacrifice is cut in two and is just piled up on itself, sitting there. 
But after God is done talking to him, then burning lamp and a smoking furnace come and God consumes the sacrifice. He gets right in the middle between the pieces and his presence is there and he receives that which Abram has sacrificed unto him. But, it, but, but, but many times what, we're, what we do is, is we'll do what the Lord asks us to do. But then ad, ad, adversity comes. Then the fowls show up. Then someone's opinion is blurted out in my life. That all they want to do is consume what I have taken the time to prepare. They don't know your sacrifice. They don't know what you've given up. They don't understand everything you've given. They don't know what you've done without in order to give that to God. And there's always a voice there that is willing to take away from what you have given to God. It does no good to live for God for 20 years, 25, 30, 35, 40 years, only for somebody to come along with their opinion and steal your sacrifice because then at the end of however long, it's all been for nothing. If I choose to walk away from God right now, a lifetime of living for God would then be for nothing. It would have been a waste. All of the sacrifice, all of the time, all of the effort, all of the, all, all of the time. If I choose to walk away and say, I'm just going to live my own life. All of it would have been for nothing. So you know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to spend a significant portion of time from time to time. When the fowls of the air come. Some of you are struggling because you haven't learned how to do this. Those birds come around your sacrifice. And you watch it pick it apart. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's got to be something that gets a hold of you. That says, I, 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 I cut that sacrifice in two. No, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. I don't care what you say. I don't care what's going on. You're not getting my sacrifice. If I have to sacrifice everything. Just to keep it right there. You've got to make up your mind that the, that the enemy of your soul is going to get nothing from you. That your sacrifice is there because you took the time and the energy and the burden and the prayer and the tears. And the enemy is not going to get my sacrifice. The Bible doesn't tell us how long it took him. It may have been minutes. It may have been hours. I don't know. But you've got to just make up your mind whatever comes against me and my consecration. Whatever tries to steal holiness out of my life. Whatever tries to take consecration and separation and dedication from me. No. You've got to go. I will not allow you to stay in my life. I will not allow your voice to keep trying to pick away at my sacrifice. God's not the only one impressed with your sacrifice. Oh, yeah. The people that don't pray are really impressed with your sacrifice. 
and it exposes their carnality. So in order for their carnality not to be exposed, they'll try to drag your sacrifice away. If I can make them carnal, I won't feel bad about myself. Oh, yeah, this is the way we work. This is the way we do it, isn't it? If they're not a spiritual, it won't expose my carnality. I'm getting down where we're living this morning. Uh-huh. But there's got to be that grit within our spirit that says, I don't care what I got to do. You're not going to get my sacrifice. The voice of God is too precious in my life. The direction of God is more precious than anything. The will of God being done in my life is more precious than anything. And so when the fowls of the air come, I want to pick just a little bit. No, they, don't, they, don't, they can't inhale all of it at one time. No, they just take a bite here and a bite there. Throw a little doubt in here. Spew a little venom there. Make you... Uh, 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 um, uh, not satisfied here and throw questions in there, all of a sudden they're picking away at your sacrifice, picking away at what you have taken the time to split in two and to arrange the way the Lord wanted you to do it. I'll tell you, yeah, there'll always be somebody in your life that's just as impressed, seems it seems like those voices and the fowls of the air are going to show up and say, oh, that's not necessary. All that consecration, that's not necessary. It don't, it don't make, it's not a big deal. It don't make a difference. Oh, yeah. Yes, it does. The devil is a liar. Holiness does matter. Consecration does matter. Standards of holiness do matter. The devil is a liar. And he, the first thing he's coming after, he's coming after your consecration. He's coming after holiness. He's coming after separation. He's coming after your dedication. You don't have to be here tonight. You can get it next week. No, you'll be good. Yeah, you'll be good. Just a bite here, bite there. You can miss prayer. You'll, be, you'll, you'll catch the start of the service. little bite here. Satan will take everything he can get. He will. He'll get everything he can. There's got to be something within you that rises up. You've got to recognize that everything you've given to God, the fowls of the air, oh, he sees the sacrifice. Sacrifice attracts two people gets his attention but it also gets your adversary's attention you've got to do everything you can to protect those pieces because it's those pieces that is attracting the voice of God in your life it's those pieces of dedication and consecration of commitment at times you fasted and you didn't feel like fasting and times you were you came and you didn't feel like coming but you did it anyway because you knew you needed to do it the times you worshiped and you didn't feel like worshiping and you the times you wanted to feel God but you couldn't feel God and you came to church even though you couldn't feel him and you worshiped even though you couldn't feel him I, I have to confess to you I just to be transparent all, all this this morning I, I can't say that I felt God today and I, I could see everybody else feeling and I'm like what's wrong with me but I'm going to worship anyway because 
I don't respond to how I feel. I don't not worship because I can't feel him. And every time I do what I should do, even though I don't feel like doing it, even though I don't respond to my emotions and my performances and based upon how I feel, it's part of my sacrifice. It's part of my sacrifice. Part of my sacrifice. But the fowls of the air are circling above those dead carcasses that cost you something, that meant something to you. And they're just waiting for you to get far enough away from your sacrifice so they can take a bite here and take a bite there. They're counting on and hoping that you won't stand by close to your sacrifice with a stick or something. (sighs) Satan's going to steal everything he can from you. The only people that are going to survive are the people that stood by their sacrifice. Say, Satan, you're not going to get me on the, on the little issues. I know in my mind you may tell me it's not a big deal, but you're not even going to steal, me, steal my joy on the little issues. You're not going to steal my peace on the little issues. You're not going to try to get me on the things that you would like to tell me are no big deal. Oh, no. It's all a big deal because I put everything into it. I put my heart and my soul and my life into this. And I'm not about to let somebody, somebody's opinion, somebody's viewpoint, somebody that doesn't like to pray and doesn't have a prayer life in the first place tell me what I don't need to do and what I should do or what I, don't, what I should disregard or what's not a big deal. No, when the fowls of the air come around, I'm going to be waiting and the fowls of the air are not going to get my sacrifice. The fowls of the air are not going to get what I have given to God. And when it's all said and done there's going to be a smoking furnace and a burning fire that comes through my sacrifice there's going to be fresh vision there's going to be fresh direction there's going to be a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost all because I took the time to keep the fowls away from my sacrifice all because I told the devil you better get out of my life you better quit lying to me I will not believe your lies I will not be influenced by you Somebody lift your hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you got to start fighting the fowls. Until you drive them away, they're going to pick everything out of your life that they can. The fowls of the air are going to come. It's going to come in the form of people's opinion. It's going to come in the form of something that causes you to say, I'm too, you know what, I get sick and tired of hearing, hearing, you're too dedicated. You're too involved in the church. No, 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 I'm building an ark for my family. I'm going to show them how to be saved. You think I'm dedicated now? Watch me. Next year, I'm going to be more dedicated. And the year after that, I'm going to be more dedicated. And in the next 10 years, I'm going to be more dedicated. There's no such thing as too much consecration. That's a lie from the devil. You're too involved. You're doing too much of this and too much of that. I can tell you what voice that is. That's the voice of the enemy trying to separate you from your sacrifice. That's the foul of the air trying to get distance between you and your consecration because as soon as he can. 
So I'm going to stay right here by my sacrifice. I'm going to stay right here by those pieces. I'm going to stay here till there's a word from God. And when God speaks to me, there's going to be a smoking furnace and a burning fire that moves between the pieces. You know why? Because I'm dedicated. Because I'm consecrated. Because I'm holy. Because I'm set apart. Because I've made up my mind. Satan will steal everything he can from you. The problem is, is, you know what our problem is? We don't know which voices to silence. That has been the biggest demise I've watched in my entire life. You need to learn how to cut some people out of your life. Well, is that Christian? Yep. If it's going to help you be saved, it's very Christian. If you want to take me to hell, I don't need your friendship. If you want to influence me to sin, get out of my life. If you want to influence me back into the world, I don't got time for you. You go do your thing somewhere else. I'm living for Jesus. The friends I'm going to have in my life and the voices I'm going to have in my life are the ones that are pushing me to an altar, are the ones that are saying, hey, I was praying the other day, and this is what I felt the voice of the Lord saying. Hey, this is what God's doing in my life. Those are the only voices. can either have the fowls of the air or you can have a smoking furnace and a burning fire. I choose my sacrifice over everybody. I choose my sacrifice over everyone. I choose my sacrifice over everything. Watch the number one thing over my life. I, I heard a statement. I don't know who said it, but it's true. Whoever we listen to, we become like. So whoever you're listening to, take a good hard look at the consistency of their life and say, if I keep listening, that's what I'm going to look like. So because of that, I've narrowed down the voices in my life. They are, ooh, whoo. What I've done in my life is said, I want to be like that. Now, I want to hear what you got to say. I don't, I don't have time to listen to somebody that's, that's half committed how to live for God. Are you, are you, are you lost your mind? Be spiritual and ain't committed to God? Are you kidding me? No, no, no. When somebody tries to give you advice, you know what a good thing to do is? Ask them a real personal question. Somebody tries to give you spiritual advice, ask them, are you a faithful tither? 
your money is submitted, you'll be submitted. Because that's my heart. I'm getting off. Let's stand right now. Jesus. I didn't have any notes. I didn't intend to get on all this. I just had a scripture. I wonder if there's somebody that's sick and tired of the fowls coming around and trying to steal your sacrifice. I, I hope there's somebody that's sick and tired of, of everything getting in the way of you hearing the voice of God and the direction of the Holy Ghost. You've got to get a staff in your hand. You've got to get something and say, I will not have the fowls of the air gobbling up my sacrifice. If you're hungry for God this morning, come with me around the altar right now. God's going to do something for you today. I ain't got time for everybody's opinion. I ain't got time for, for everybody's thoughts on everything. I've got a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And if I'm going to be saved, if God is going to receive my sacrifice, there are going to be the fowls of the air that have to be driven away. What if we can lift our hands as high as we can get them right now to the Lord all over this building. If you want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning, God is here to fill you this morning. I said somebody cry out to God right now.
stronghold. 